So how, on God's gray earth, did this... And this... And even this. And he said when she was just five years old, there was nothing happening at all. Every time she put on the radio, there was nothing going down at all. Come on, I can't hear. Become this. listening to Detours and Outliers, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album in an artist's discography that sticks out like a sore thumb. Maybe their best album, it may be their worst album, but either way, it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Just a reminder, we are on the Facebook and Instagram and Twitter if you want to follow us in a social media way. Or if you have ideas for future episodes, you can send us an email at detoursandoutliers at gmail.com. This is our third week in all-instrumental April. Hope you're enjoying the lack of words we have to discuss. Uh, This week on the panel, we have... Logan Renard. Matthew Marr. And my name is Scott Livingston, and we have a special guest this week, the uh, bassist for Fathers, as well as the guitar player for Grief Ritual. We got Mike Monroe with us. Say hi. Hello, all. Hello. And uh, this week, we will be discussing Lou Reed's um, seminal (laughs) album, Metal Machine Music, Uh, I guess mostly um, because we did a Velvet Underground album without Lou Reed, we felt bad for poor Lou, so we're we're throwing Lou in on all instrumental April. We've swung too far back in the other direction from that. Right. This album. And uh, last week we did the uh, the Beastie Boys, so here's another New Yorker. Yes, he is he is definitely from New York. This album came out in 1975. It's a double album. Whole 64 minutes worth of well, um, how would we describe metal machine music? Is music the right word for it? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, how do you define music? Is music just... Uh, well, is noise the opposite of music? Is uh, noise a genre of music? Frank Zappa once said that art, art is something that is not art until you put a frame around it. So whatever it is you do, you do it when you put a frame around it, then it's art. Okay, so the fact that this came in a sleeve makes this... It was recorded, it was intentionally art, and it is art. Art. Because essentially, um, the apocryphal story anyway, is that Lou Reed just recorded two albums worth of guitar feedback in order to fulfill his record contract without giving his company anything usable or saleable to um, promote. Um, He has also denied that was his intent and stated that he was in fact trying to do something with this sound shall we call it sound <laughs> yeah i think that's a good way to put it <laughs> so yeah in in uh, sort of engineering terms you know there's there such thing as you know white noise and pink noise and things like that and when you talk about noise 
you know, uh, uh, compared to, uh, you know, music or even, you know, hum is a specific thing too, yes. but it's basically, it's, it's without a pit, a defined pitch. And right. a lot of this is really without a, a defined uh, pitch. It, it really yeah. does kind of fall. I mean, it has moments where it, it's always threatening to let some pitch or some musical or just identifiable sound kind of peek through the, the fog. And it's, uh, it's a whole lot of tension and, and not a whole lot of release or any, right. any release. It does right. seem organized to me. It does. Yeah. It, it just, yeah, it, it was intentional. I mean, as far as we could tell, part of the problem is Lou recorded this by himself. So no one was witness to say, you know, whether he was, having a good laugh the whole time or whether he was meticulously scrutinizing every last um was there even an engineer no it was just him it's just him yeah how I would mean, he know how to do it i don't know if he did apparently it's a lot of trial and error i mean when i was i listened to the record first and i was trying to look at you know anything written on it but i wanted to listen first you know and some of what i read was that yeah he basically just locked himself in the dark and was just experimenting yeah. With, you know, and at that point, Electronica was, you know, seminal phases. So it's literally cut and, you know, yeah. you know cutting and splicing tape and feeding through these machines. So th and a lot of it, that apparently, he didn't really know. You think this is tape, tape loopy stuff? Or? I, I, I don't think all of it. I, th I think but there's some, some elements. Yeah. Okay. But, but one of the things I read, I mean, one of the things I yeah. read matched what you said that it was just he, a middle finger. To yeah. his label, and then some of the things I read were that yeah, it was this intentional piece to piece of almost like anarchist defiance. Yeah, if he was splicing tape, you know, splicing tape, having done it myself, it's kind of miraculous how how incredibly seamless it is. Unlike you know, um, you know, uh, when you chop things up say on a computer, the computers have gotten better, but there's always some sort of glitch going on. Yeah, um, it's uh, it, it's kind of amazing what you can do with a razor blade. If you know what you're doing. And I don't think this is the only thing well, that Lou Reed did with a razor blade. Yeah. <laughs> Just I, putting it out there. I have a bunch of friends who are, are, you know, noise musicians and experimental musicians. And one thing that they always really trip out about is this, like, very... Uh, um, so when, when we talk about, like, you know, guitars and pianos and things with strings on them and, and how we make music and how... Uh, you know, things like the overtone series and undertone series and things like that relate to each other and make music. It's really easy to, st if, if you stretched a rubber band out and plucked it, you would be able to find the, the first and second fundamental in it and make discernible notes that sound like a really simple ratio of the, you know, the fundamental. It, it starts to sound like music or kind of like, like sound, not like yeah. noise. My my noise music buddies are always really fascinated with this like kind of golden ratio sort of like odd numbers where you don't get even beats and pulses of right. of sounds, you know the sound waves crashing into each other and the, the the wiggly lines in the air that you know they 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 want to resolve and kind of make uh, regular sounding stuff with a pulse that you can feel like when you tune a. You know, when you tune your guitar, you can hear the the beats or, you know, when somebody tunes a piano, you still do that by ear because you want to hear these beats and you want them to line up at a, at a similar tempo um, and everything like that. And it's really fucking difficult to make these things sound consistently random. They always tend our human brains and ears tend to find patterns in this stuff. And while this sounds organized, it's really a struggle to find repeatable patterns in it for very long, which, you know, according to my noise buddies indicates that he did a really good job at this. Right. You don't stumble on that sort of randomness by accident. It, it takes a really focused effort to, to, to get be. to that kind right. of where it is. It's gone beyond sound and, and sounds it's, it's noise. Right. And so as much as, you know, I, m I might want to goof on some of this stuff occasionally because... Well, I wonder what the intent is, too, you know? Well, uh, apparently, when Lou first submitted this to the record company, he suggested they release it on RCA's, uh, what's it, Red Seal label, because that's where they put all their classical music. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. So, so, so either either he was just uh, giving him a middle finger, or he well, he actually was doing more of what you were there, suggesting. There are modern, modern both. There yes, are modern yeah. classical composers who have uh, you know use uh, write tons of extended technique crap and things like that to achieve similar ends. Right. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If, if I if I leaned my 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 guitar up against the amp and and pressed record and left the house, uh, you know, for uh, two hours, I probably wouldn't come back to find anything that sounds like this. No, um, no. You know, There's... it would it would sound, you know. I think anyone who's listening who's a musician knows damn well what the hell that sounds like because <laughs> you've done it. Right. Um, yes. Apparently, Lou did actually perform this live, not until years and years later, in 2002. Right. Mm -hmm. In Germany, he got like this 10-piece Miser music group together with like strings and piano and accordion wind section and did this live. So if this was a gigantic middle finger to his record company, he spent a lot of time and effort on it, and right. he, he stood by it. I mean, I think he also liked the legend, the story, so he would promote that as well. He's not the most um, reliable narrator of his own life, so it's hard to say exactly what he was thinking. And that's why it would have been nice if he had an engineer or a friend or someone else in the room while he was making it, so we had... Never trust a, a junkie. A, yeah, <laughs> a second, <laughs> second set of eyes, an objective observer, but, you know, instead what we have is this um, album. Right. Well, I think that you, you, you make a good point, right? That he, the fact that he was able, I shouldn't say able, the fact he was willing yeah. <laughs> to attempt to replicate it at all. Yeah. I, I think that that lends some credibility to the idea that there was intent and there was design yeah. behind it. And, you know, I, I think back to the little bit of theory I studied and thinking about, you know, trying to compose in matrices, like atonal composing, where you're exactly as you said, you're you're essentially you're essentially trying to compose using equations, yeah, rather than sitting down and saying what what sounds good and what sounds pleasing, and what is what resolves. You our, know, and our ears are really like in our brains the way we organize shit. It's like really drawn to these simple this. This one's twice as much as this thing, or or four times as much, or, right? Exactly, or three times as much. And when you kind of get into these odd fractions that don't add up to anything, you know. Yeah, you're, you're essentially creating these matrices to use to compose that defy all of the Western logic that we're, that we're used to consuming in music. And so to, to go back to what you're saying, like, again, the, the fact that he was even willing to try to duplicate it, yeah. I think lends credibility to the idea that, that there was some intent behind it. And that's part of why I, I liked it so much because... Again, it's just, if it was a middle finger, it's one of the best of all time. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> like, true. For sure. Like, if for no other reason than that, to say, I'm going to spend a bunch of time on this thing and make it utterly, fantastically appealing to such a small fraction of my <laughs> exactly. label's audience. <laughs> like, well, yeah. yeah. It is avant-garde in the true sense of the word. Yes. The, not the cliche. Right? The way that it really succeeds for me is the way that it, it's... You like I said, the lots of tension and no release, right? Right. But your brain is always like trying to be like, oh, oh shit! I think I heard a pattern. I right. think I I think I heard something in there, but it's like I that never did. Yeah, you and know, you know those magic eye things. I could never do those, <laughs> right, you know. Right. And this is like. This is like a, a, well, a, a magic eye. Magic. Yeah, but 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 there's but this is like a magic eye. But there's there's not actually a thing behind right. it. It's just squiggly lines. Totally. But you're, you're just gonna you really it. want it to be there, and so you're. It really draws you in to try to organize this mess, and it gives you just enough to stay hanging on, and it's right. it's kind of compelling in that that way where it's just it, it gives you just enough right but it never it never coalesces it never you know exactly exactly and that's it's funny because i i kept trying to think of there were actually elements that reminded me of other things and and the two that kept popping in my mind that i kept trying to compare it to that was the problem is i couldn't make really accurate comparisons because 
I kept thinking of these other albums that ultimately did have a pattern that ultimately like yeah. there were songs, yeah, you know, in sort of the, a more traditional sense, right? Yeah. But, but at first, when you first listen to them, or if you were to play them randomly for someone, like yeah. sneak up on them, you know, like, they'd be like, "What is this?" You know, like and infect their iPod and <laughs> right, put it exactly, on shovel. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's interesting that yeah, there, there's really no catharsis to it and that in the end and and it's one of my favorite things about this yeah (laughs) it's so awesome well it's not just a middle finger to the the record company it's a middle finger to anyone who tries to comprehend it in a a way I mean the first time I put it on which I will admit was the only time I put it on my goal (laughs) was to find something in there that I could use later when people said they had listened to it to verify if they had some moment, some instant, some pattern, something I could say, oh, do you remember? (laughs) Because I imagine that most people who say they like this album or say they've listened to this album haven't listened to the whole thing. I'm going to say this is like a John Cage piece, something more people have enjoyed describing than actually listened to in actuality. So trying to separate the hipsters from the diehards who have put in all 64 minutes. Right. And that's that was my goal when I was listening to it, is to try and find something that I could say, hey, you remember that part where it goes, dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee, and there is no dee-dee-dee-dee-dee <laughs> anywhere in this album. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mentioned to these guys earlier, but by trade, I am a, a welder, and I listen to this. I, I've listened to this. Before, uh, many years ago, but uh, in preparation for, for the podcast, I listened to it while I was at work the other day, working on some stuff. And a couple of times I was like, oh, he just did something different. There's a, that was really interesting. And it's like, oh, no, it's the, the grinder I'm using as <laughs> making that sound. And it's kind of phasing a little bit with the sound of right. the whatever backward shortwave radio feedback. So, that, so the, title, you know. <laughs> the title is apropos. Well, it, it is. Yeah. It is definitely machine. Yeah. Is it metal? Is this metal music? I hear metal. It's involved, metallic like sheet yeah. metal. And that yeah, kind of metal. I'm not sure if it's like heavy right. metal, but it's oh, no, a no, metal. No. I mean, music again, it, it depends a lot on your definition of music. I mean, if, I think if we stick to the legendary narrative of it being a middle finger, then it's metal. Yeah, it's not only metal. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's it punk. Is, yeah. It's, it's totally it's, metal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it no, has... no, when I think of the metal, I, I don't think of metal music. I think of elements. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's very, yeah. Iron. It, yeah. Know, um, it's, this is not a, a precious metal. This is a, right. a earthy, hard, stable metal. Right. Steel iron and exactly and and when you were talking about you know using welders and and, you know these types of sounds that you would hear in a machine shop and actually a band i was in years and years ago one of the members of that band their father owned a machine shop and they let us rehearse there yeah and so we'd show up you know at the tail end of the day when they're still working you know and listen to all these things but so i was familiar with some of the sounds but I, i think you're right like a lot of the sounds that you hear on this record did remind me of that did remind me of like that's why I was shocked to hear that he did it alone because yeah. it almost sounded like get four people in a room, give them a bunch of like pipes and silverware. Oh say, yeah, throw it up in the air and just record the sound of the impact. Yeah, you know, things you. like that. You know? This is this is like uh, uh, you know late late period uh, you know uh, Scott Walker you know hitting a hitting a a, a slab of beef with a right. you know <laughs> right. with a sledgehammer or something. Yeah, exactly. Like oh, that's the that that's the take. Right. Yeah. You know and exactly. That sort of it sounds and this is you know how do you know when you have the take? Not a lot That's of That's a good question. You know, Matt. You know. <laughs> the beef is just tender yeah, enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know when it's pornography, you know when it's the take. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Cuz I have taste, Scott. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but uh you know, this is a few years before the dawn of this style of music and term, but it sounds industrial and not as in industrial yes. music. It sounds industrial in a cold factory, like as in an industry. Yeah, yes. Industrial. Right. Yeah. Like it's, uh, right. it's, it, yeah, there was a, a local <laughs> band called the carbon dioxide orchestra and they had a, a giant brass heart that was about three feet tall. And it was a sheet of metal and they would take a piece of dry ice 
and move it near the brass heart, Very causing good. it to, you know, expand and make these hideous noises, which they would then run through the microphone into the amplifier. That's, That's That sounds amazing. Cool. Yeah, it is cool to see, but that is kind of the sound it's making. So, is a, right. this is 75. When when are, like, the origins of, like, Neubotten or something like that? Great question. I, my understanding of that stuff is limited, but I thought, like, 79, 81. So this had, like... Ha- like a bunch of my favorite weird music has to be like heavily directly influenced by this. Yeah, by this. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned industrial, like that stuff was huge to me in the nineties, like especially like tail end of high school, early college, stuff like that. And it was like, that was my favorite thing about it was it, it captured that coldness. Yeah. And so when I think about stuff like, you know, like a thousand homo DJs and pig face and, you know, er, the early ministry and the early KMFDM stuff. Yeah. Like even some of the pop elite stuff, like, it was that combination of of just you know discomfort, yeah. but over a danceable beat. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what Louis made it so spent cool. spent time in Berlin. Yeah, I think. I'm, yeah, I would be. Was surprised. this before this or? or? I'm not as familiar with Lou Reed's. We're lovers, um, not experts. Well, <laughs> I mean, he had only left, uh, you know, there, there, there's, there's Velvet this, uh, Underground in like there's the this 70s. Kind so. of a you know. Uh, before the uh, the wall fell, yeah, uh, you know, behind the the iron, so called iron curtain, there were um, uh, more metal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more more metal, right. Right? Right. right? There were these Eastern European bands that were doing stuff like this. I yeah. think it might have been after this though, but but it was like the, uh, particularly this one stands out to me called Leibach. Oh yeah, I yeah. remember uh, Leibach. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, uh, but it was it was very much driven by this these sort of industrial sounds, <laughs> and and. Uh, um, you know this this um you know i don't know if this would have influenced them or maybe he was influenced by stuff like that you know when you're in an environment like that where there's a giant wall you know um it is it's kind of ugly and 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 uh, uh you know dispiriting right to be in that kind of environment right yeah but, it but does suppose, make a mark on your psyche right but you know but you know i guess you know if you're an artist you know it's kind of liberating in a way too because you're isolated from all of the uh you, you know the the wanton influences of new york city let's yes. say right? well exactly yeah and, and if if that's the case or even if it's not when you you know I, i'm not as familiar with lou reed or or with some of that stuff, like the European early industrial or anything like that. But I know, you know, reading biographies of my favorite, like punk and metal artists, like a, a lot of them did talk about that isolation, like growing up in small towns, growing up in hyper-religious yeah. environments. And they're not able to consume the same pop music of the time that a lot of other people are. And that's what caused them to have, that had a direct causational effect on them having very unique styles of playing yeah, and very yeah. unique styles of song like the uh, early like midwestern hardcore is right. like very uh i mean if you, like big black or shellac kind of stuff is like v- it's like, totally different than what was going on in new york yeah and LA. yeah exactly or even like naked Reagan. yeah right. yeah like right. that stuff is like there's a there's a weird connection to this and and you know not not i don't mean industrial as in you know Nine Inch Nails or early ministry industrial, I mean, like industry factories and <laughs> right, stuff right, like that. Right, and right. it's like you find a lot of this music kind of coming out of these places that are, are uh, um, uh, agricultural or, or uh, uh, manufacturing centers where these are, these are, these are the kind of native sounds that people right. were, you know, like that's what was, this is the ambient sounds. Um, yeah around and yeah it's reflected in their yeah, I'm, I'm insert the the air quotes sound effect matt uh, <laughs> yeah. uh music right. <laughs> right right speaking of music shall we uh we'll we'll, we'll see how much we can you listen got to yeah i was gonna say like we're gonna <laughs> do we're gonna this do this can huh? also be an endurance <laughs> test so we'll see how yeah. much you know The intro is telling. (laughs) It's a 
know-how the whole rest of the song. Yeah, it's actually a huge spoiler alert. <laughs> them tuning up this is the best part man <laughs> say the, this drum fill coming up so what is it we're listening to uh white noise remixed right right no no i mean i mean what is making the noise i think the 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 beginning part is a guitar feeding back that tape or that sound is then manipulated using Whatever techniques Lubrade well, had, and in you can get tape to feedback on itself, or or feedback onto other tape, or he may be playing that tape through another amplifier, yeah. or feeding that back, or I don't. Well, that's the problem is no one really knows. There's liner notes in the album; they are extremely unhelpful. <laughs> he he made up the names of a lot of stuff, he just put some gibberish down, and. Possibly because Lou himself doesn't remember what happened when he was done. I don't think he was taking very careful notes while he was doing this, but uh, it's hard to say. I dig the stereo pan on this one. I think I it's do, though, the, the, the first and last time I might say that on this podcast, because uh, <laughs> we mostly consume music and headphones these days. Uh, uh, yeah, the well, apparently the, all the vocals on one side, yeah. or or just hi hats in the left ear kind of shit. Well, Drives me crazy. Fuck that shit, particularly <laughs> as it pertains to the Beatles. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, this one it kind of works. Oh, well, it's, it's two albums for the price of one. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he did. Is he had eight tracks, and instead of making a quadruple album, he just put one track on each ear. So that's essentially we're listening to two, quote unquote. So we're, we're listening to the first version of that Flaming Lips record, Zyrica or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's 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 cold uh, cold German efficiency, man. He spent some time in Berlin, you know. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, you're supposed to listen to this as loud as possible, which just seems which is mean to possible. your uh, <laughs> neighbors and roommates. I think this is as loud as possible. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that may be true. <laughs> I actually I found I listened to the whole thing at work. What I found I did, and when I said remix white noise, this is. I think the best way to listen to it, I turned it way down, so it was just sort of a hint in my ear all day. And I think that was a much easier way to deal with it, because you're not as wrapped up in trying to resolve the well, you hear this sort unresolvable. Of pulsating, I mean, some of that could be, you know, the feedback sort of throbbing or whatever, yeah. but it really sounds like it's being manipulated in oh, some yeah. way. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's not a constant tone throughout yeah. all. Well, what's interesting about it is that it's not entirely... It's not entirely atonal. It, it just isn't organized tonality. No. Yeah. You know? You can grab on to bits of... But they never last. Uh, yeah, what, but... What, what did we, we make it? Three and a half minutes on that? By the... <laughs> by the time... <laughs> three minutes, 24 seconds. By the time you grab onto something, it's gone. And, and yeah. something else is in its place. Right. But uh, I, I think that to me made it. So the, I listened to it four times actually. The first two, it was intentionally as background music. Yeah. Like I put it on like doing housework, and that w it was interesting because it all, a couple times I thought like someone was at my door. Yeah. Like, you know, like or like I had dropped something. Yeah, it's like doing DMT. Sorry for that reference. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but occasionally because there was just enough tonality to make me think I heard like a siren or, you know, something familiar and then, you know, turn around and no, there's still just the shadow of hatred coming from my stereo. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lester Bangs claimed he heard like Beethoven's Eroica and pastoral symphonies in there when he was listening. But Lester Bangs may <laughs> have been Lester also well, I think it's kind of a, it's kind of giant a, fuck you to Logan, yeah. Logan was saying before is that our brains are hardwired to uh, find Try and patterns, find. yeah, and I and I think that that this is this is something that is then left open. This is well, for for a lot of experiences like that. Well, this can, is like signal jamming. It's it's overload. It's or all it's, of the all of the sounds at once, and it's really hard to you so, know. Uh, as musicians, we all know that you know space is like 
as important or maybe more important than right. than notes or you know or sound. Right. And this isn't giving you a lot of space. No, it's not giving you space at all. Really, like if I was a yoga instructor, this is the music I would play. God, I would go to that class in a heartbeat. Yeah, that would be so rad. I would do that in a second. Yeah, cannot pay attention to it, but you cannot look away. (laughs) Right, right. It's kind of a musical Rorschach test. What you hear (laughs) in it, yeah, yeah, more about you than what's in the music. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So what about uh, like um, you know uh, Eno's ambient albums or stuff or like the music for airports and shit? It's a little bit more organized and like way more you know let's say uh, uh, a down tempo kind of. It's linear. Y- yeah, but yeah, but these they're related. You know, there's like other that you know, and this isn't even the first of weird noisy albums, uh, but yeah. But man, there's so much. Like I listen to this and I hear like all of like, uh, you know, the no wave movement For is sure. like is tied to this like really directly. Sure. Uh, um, uh, this album is weirdly the most Velvet Underground of the Lou Reed solo albums because well, this I, is this yeah. is like what would be going on underneath that like you know that they they put on a Velvet Underground record while the somebody was playing jangly guitar and singing a, a well it a does seem a lot more John Cale than Lou Reed John yeah. Cale is the far more experimental one right. well and this is a double album yes so one song per side right and so um, why don't we listen to the next one okay and see why there are four songs. <laughs> Which song is your favorite? Right. I'm partial to a uh, part two, actually, because it's about seven seconds shorter than the other. <laughs> It's a bold take, Scott. A lot of people are, uh, you know, that's yeah, their least favorite. Yeah, a lot of people go track three. But yeah. Track you know, three like, was yeah, the big yeah. single off the yeah, album. It was, yeah, you know. So, what but, you other know, albums is this like? I mean. Well, so actually, one of the first things that occurred to me in listening to this was, um, and I'm just familiar with this, I'm not sure what else is going on in the world, but like in European music, was it, I think it was like Eric Satie, and I'm probably yeah, yeah. mispronouncing the name, like the early, like, like intentionally incidental music where they're making music for, for museums and art Yeah, background shows. music. Yeah, exactly. It actually reminded me a lot of that, but it almost like someone took one of those records and intentionally played it on a broken turntable through broken speakers. Yeah. You know, like. What about um, Neil Young's album? Where, oh, Weld? Weld, right, right, where he just uh, took all... It's from his live shows, he just took all the guitar feedback and yeah, stringed and it one after the other. I've, I've listened to it. It's mostly at the ends of songs, and I mean... You can tell that they're songs. He's usually singing a note right before it. It's a little easier to deal with than this. Plus the, the it's sound one of... piece, and it's about 23 minutes. So it's also easier to digest in that manner. But it does have a similar sound and effect, although I don't think it's as intentional because it was done live and then edited later. This part sounds like bagpipes, really. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it does. There are bad... Which leads to one of Frank Zappa's favorite uh, uh, picking techniques was to roll the pick so you had the flat side of the pick and then attack the notes over the end of the fretboard by smashing the, the strings into the frets. And so you'd get the not just strong overtones, but you'd get for a brief second the the, the pitch Sound. of whatever string right, or fret right, you right. were playing right. over. It's a weird that would sometimes trigger natural harmonics and stuff in which we're playing, but he called that the bagpipe technique, which because this weird almost not it sounds like bagpipes. This is slightly more pleasing than bagpipes. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. I would say that. Don't let my Scottish in-laws hear you. <laughs> I so, unless they agree with you. So so <laughs> not to be daft or silly, but. Okay. Uh, this song yes. is clearly delineated from the previous song in that this is the second side of the album. Yes. Is it? That's the thing. is It could be the same track played over just from a different starting point maybe, and I would not be able to tell you. Well, and that's the thing, right? If you listen to the whole thing straight through, I think one of the brilliant parts about it, it, it if this... It, it, I mean, clearly it couldn't have been, right? But the illusion that it creates of it all just being one continuous piece of music is pretty fantastic. Um, and so, you know, the, the part we hear, 
I, I think where the tracks are divided up, that part works really well because it, exactly as you just said, like it, it's, it does sound like a new song at first. You know, it's clearly coming out of something else that is totally different. Than yeah, a better word for it. Well, because you can't remember anything specific about the last one, you can't compare it to the next one, so you don't right. know if you're hearing the same thing. Or did any of you have a um, one of those record players where you could stack the records up? Oh yeah, yeah, and then you know, drop. drop. True, true. Yeah. You buy, buy four copies of this fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. There you go. <laughs> right, for sure. Dude. Ah, that's his. That's his move. All uh, right, that's right. clever. Right. It's not going to sell that, you know. It's not going to sell that well, but the, the people who are going to want it are going to buy it. Oh, is there, Four is there of them. any information that you uncovered in terms of how well this sold? Um, apparently, it sold 100,000 copies in the U.S., according to the liner notes in the uh, Buddha Records CD reissue. Yeah, what, five, 500,000 is gold? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It, sadly, I can say that they've sold more copies of this album than my entire discography combined. So <laughs> this well, is, I'm not quite sure what that says. Well, but certain, you know, this yeah. album and, and any of its tracks, Name but, appeal. but probably the first on whatever. So, uh, it's it's second only to Eruption for being played at uh, uh, bars at uh, 2.30 in the morning. Closing time, yes. <laughs> yeah, get this. the fuck out of here. The bar right. is closed. Is it really? Yeah, no, this is, I've, 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 I've heard this. Cranked up. Guess I'm always too drunk yeah. when the bar's closed. Yeah, that's the problem. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> Plus, I start air drumming like crazy <laughs> when eruption comes yeah, on. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, eruption's yeah. not a good choice. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can see this being that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah for sure. What, um, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scott had mentioned the, or you guys mentioned the the Neil Young thing, and I, one of the things that is interesting is that the sound of an electric guitar feeding back is very familiar to all of us now even yeah, sadly you know weird tuning even weird you know whatever it sounds like a guitar feeding back you've heard that a lot it's the basis for entire genres of music for sure and this is i i like that this is not that not that yeah, yeah. that's been done, it's been done. <laughs> this is definitely you know the, the metal machine part is absolutely descriptive yes like I can't a, imagine a different title for yeah, this album. Yeah, the, the music right. part is... It's almost a it's challenge. A, it's a little tougher, it, you know. Uh, I'd call it like uh, Soviet block uh, ragas. Uncle Joe's uh, raga right. party. There you go. Vaklovs. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, let's, let's give a good listen to a track... Number three, the longest on here. This is my favorite. Oh, you, yeah. <laughs> That's a quote from uh, track one. Yes. There's no, there's no fade-ins. There's no harmonization. No. Just a snip. <laughs> yeah, it just goes. Well, and, and having two tracks going simultaneously, hearing where they do sort of crossfade or connect is. You know, very infrequent, but instructional when it does happen. Like, there was a moment there where they both had a high-pitched thing going on simultaneously, and there was finally something like center stereo, as opposed to extreme right wide, or left. Wide panning, yeah. Yeah. I think this is what Jeff hears when he, like, tries to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, he might. <laughs> yes, this is why you, you always wear <laughs> earplugs. Wear earplugs, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> it's like tinnitus. <laughs> Maybe that would have been the other name for the get, like, You know the uh, yeah the uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, tinnitus foundation said you know. There you go. <laughs> should have contacted Lou Reed while he was still with us. Yeah. Maybe they did, and he just didn't hear them. <laughs> I, I heard a punch. I think he had to. I think he played a wrong note. And had yeah, to, right. Had to fix something. Was say. Is there any? Can you hear any? Like uh, artificial ambience. Like uh, a reverb, <laughs> reverb or something like this, you know, going on. There or might just, be just some... like the sound of the studio. I think it's pretty uh, like a. Uh, it sounds like tons of tape saturation. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, there's something going on. That's like. Yeah. I, I always imagine it just be so layered that anything like that was kind of forced out of it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. 
lasting longer with these songs. Yeah, yeah see, we're. <laughs> I'm not sure if we should be proud or whatnot. I mean, I, that it, that was the main emotion I felt when I was done. I was like, I'm proud. I'm proud. I did it. I got through the whole thing in one sitting. Yes. I was. If we listen to it for too long, though, you know, it happens. Yeah. And you don't want to listen to it for too long. <laughs> yeah. Then they just sort of scrape you off the floor. I don't know, but you had mentioned earlier, you know, like, when we talk about the sounds of our feedback. For me, a lot of this record reminded me of that. And, and so it was interesting knowing that it wasn't that. Yeah. But to me, it sounded a lot like it. It sounded like, I don't know, some of my favorite moments from, like, the Melvins or, like, if you ever heard about Boris from Japan. Yeah, absolutely. Like, who Boris has, like, they have a couple records to do this, but they have this one record called Vane. It's, it's, it's similar in that it's like 40 minutes of feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Just two sides of a record. It's just guitar feedback. But it, the, those are the types of things that I kept coming back to that were like, I actually, I find it enjoyable, honestly. And because that's the other thing is I'm not, I was never a Velvet Underground fan. Yeah. And so to me, like when I first heard this, I was like, have I been missing something? Has it always <laughs> been this awesome? Like, yeah. Well, the, well, yeah. If you like Sweet Jane or, or Heroin or. I yeah. like the cowboy junkies. Walking, <laughs> walk is, on the wild side. So this good. is this is not for you, and vice versa. I mean, you know, the, there's a Venn diagram, and I don't think there's don't, any overlap other I, than the. I don't Reed agree. Himself. I think there is some overlap, and I think in this listening to it, I was like, oh yeah, this is like you said, it's like the John Cale kind of stuff. It's like if if Paul if, McCartney if, did Revolution Nine. <laughs> Well, if, right, right, but the difference the difference is is that there's there's not the folky guitar over the top, right? There's not so the, is this the like, goofy story over yeah, the top, right? right? right. It's, is, it's a, is this like, um, you know, I'm a big fan of, of dub music, and one of the uh, you know hallmarks of the dub style is that they they kind of rearrange the sonic priorities of things and bring to the forefront stuff that's almost subliminal in its role. In the original so, recording, and so this is with you know in regards to Velvet Underground stuff. This is almost like they've taken that you know backwards shortwave radio sound that they you know had running through the outro to you know Sweet Jane or what you know not that's well, not there, but it's like the weird sonic shit that's like in the yeah. background. It's like all right now all of a sudden that's the main chorus, right? right, right. You know, and maybe it's organic too you know, in the sense that. Uh, like, Mention dub. Dub comes from the heat of the tropics, right? Like Jamaica, you know, and uh, you know, lower lower Manhattan, uh, you got a lot of rats. So um, there's something super New York about this. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know how to describe it. And all of all of Lou, like the Velvet Underground for sure, but like all of Lou's music, um, you know, not to mention my favorite albums by him is called New York, and it's it's almost like that one's almost like Lou Reed. You know, becomes the the Minuteman with the help of Rob Wasserman for a really weird album. But there's something really New York about Lou's stuff, including this, in the same way that James Chance or uh, uh, Sonic Youth or you know that sort of stuff is just yeah, like undeniably connected to that. The Sonic Youth connection, I definitely hear. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. sure. Oh, for sure, especially the early stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, and uh, you were mentioning the Melvins and the what's the Lustmore record is like yeah. I was like yep oh this is this is connected you know there's yeah. um, if this is nothing but an inspiration for some of my favorite music or music that I like a lot then a hey, big then old fucking that, A yeah. and that's that's awesome I'm just I'm just um, a bit and you know maybe it's perfect but I'm, I'm puzzled as why the double album Lummox? because well, of the constraints of the medium and or because that's he how had much two can... records left on his record contract I mean what, was there more to say I mean was there was there more to say after say the first 16 two. minutes that's uh, a good question because I mean you know mm-hmm. I've I don't know if you've heard George Harrison's electronic sound album mm-hmm. that is a, essentially one song on each side which occasionally the record labels got wrong, so nobody's quite sure which one is under the Mercy Wall and which one is the other one. But it's essentially he bought a Moog and wanted to see what it could do, so he just sort of turned it on and then poked at it. 
so it's, it's easy it, to go down that rabbit hole with those names. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, this was that, like that, 60. That's how we got lucky, man, dude. Yeah. 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 Go easy right. there. So it was 69. It was new technology, yeah, but it yeah. does kind of sound like this a little more, a little less intentional, a little more easy to. Oh yeah, a lot of my brother. My brother had a mini Moog. It was actually to make anything musical out of it. Yeah, for sure. You but, had to really work to get it to... Yeah, and he he hadn't at that point. Yeah. I mean, which is why George is not known as the great you know, <laughs> synthesizer. it was not. No. But, but I mean, th- that's a good question in that, saying like, all right, well, is, yeah. is there a point? You know, yeah. like, is, is any of this sound why going is, anywhere? Why is there so much of this? Yeah, yeah. is there is a Is it about the, endur- the yeah. endurance? About... And, you're and not maybe it's get what, it until you've yeah, and, and it, it sort of fits everything we research, right? Like yeah. if if again we go with sort of you know, as you said the apocryphal version of that it was just supposed to be just sort of malicious yeah. towards his you know these people who are holding a contractual obligation, then it makes sense that it's that long. On the other hand, again, no one being in there, we definitely weren't in. Well, were you in there? Uh, you you might have been in there. I, I was no way. I was only I was less than a year old, so I certainly hope no one was leaving me right. unsupervised but, but, with Lou Reed. But you know, like like so, we couldn't say if, for instance, you know, he was actually maybe there was some method to the madness. Maybe it was an experiment for the consumer, for the listener to say yeah, yeah. exactly. Can you said, make an it, endurance test? Yeah. And yeah. what does it mean to you yeah. to sit through this and to absorb this? Where does it take you personally? You know, well, yeah, particularly on vinyl when you had to get up and say, "Okay, I just consumed 15 minutes of this." Oh. I'm going to deliberately flip this over and put on another right. 15. And, and, and coming from a pop artist who, who yeah, the, the cornerstone of, of their catalog really. yeah. and everything from their peers and everything that they're doing comes from music with a narrative. And all yeah. most Western music is driven around the narrative one yes. way or another. You know? So, 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 so again, it, it, there's no answer. I don't have the answer to that question, at least. No. But it, it, it's, a great, it's a great question to ask, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I guess that's whether this album is enjoyable or not is mm, debatable, but it does raise questions. It does make you think. So shall we give the, the last track a, a good, thorough listen? A good college track. <laughs> I mean, you'd hate to go through three sides and What's then give record? up. What's our record? Can we make it five minutes now? I, I liked how this one started. Yeah. This is the one I think there is a bit of a... A rhythm at some point, something feeds back with enough of a click that, you know, I mean, it's no music from the Elder with the snapping, but it's, it gets there. I mean, it's, I think it's minute 14 in, so it's, <laughs> I, it may have just been my d- desperate brain pretending. Yeah, it was at there. that point you're starting to crack. Yeah, I'm <laughs> hallucinating, like when you're, you're, you don't eat or drink for two days and you start seeing mirages or whatnot. Well, it's, it's random in a, Space dust kind of way. Yeah. I mean, you just don't have any grounding whatsoever. Right. Yeah. There's no up or down, no gravity, no. But that's one of my, that's honestly one of my favorite things about this. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't. In fact, it reminds me of, uh, who did the score to, uh, 2001, Kubrick's 2001. Do you remember? Well, that that was all classical music. like the space. Zastrutra by Are you thinking of Wendy Carlos or Walter Carlos? So I'm thinking of the song at the end when uh, Dave Bowman is being transported slash going mad. Yeah. But it's basically screaming. It's basically three minutes of just a choir screaming. And it, it reminds me a lot of that because that's one of my favorite things about that movie is that moment. Yeah, that how weird. how unhinging that is. Yeah. And it is sort of the sonic equivalent of that. You have no grounding you have yeah. no idea Nothing's what's going more, on yeah. no uh, more characters. I think you're right there's no there's uh you can't if this was just if this was just I'm gonna turn on a bunch of shit and see what happens right. you you couldn't make it this disconnected you know you you there has to be an intentionality to make it this perfectly nonsensical yeah. somebody brought up uh uh you know the drug thing, but I think there's a there's a parallel. You know, I certainly Somebody don't. Somebody did. I, I certainly don't. Uh, uh, drugs? Yeah, no. I certainly don't take any drugs or have I've never taken any or or you know advocate the use of particularly psychedelics. But I think in 
a very similar way to that as I've been told by friends who have endeavored to <laughs> try <like> those <laughs> things. Um, Dude, this is you can yes you can you can have if it pays to have a flexible psyche. You can you can be mowed down by this motherfucker, or you can go with the flow, and it's right. the most beautiful you, you thing ever. To, you have to be comfortable in your lack of understanding, and it's and it's your it's your choice. You, That's a great way to you put it. You really that. have yeah. to submit to this thing. Yeah, you can't it, fight this and let like. it and let it take. It's like it's like trying to swim upstream in a raging river. It's like you ain't, you ain't gonna win, man. And so, yeah, you just have to let it take you, and and it can be. You know, enjoy. It can be relaxing and enjoyable, and I, you know, I joked about it earlier, but you know, it does bear some resemblance to like a raga or some more meditative uh, Indian music and things like that, with a lot of droney things and very droney and texture. And it's, and it's too disruptive, though. And will yeah, and I, what I will say is that I, you know, I listen to this not on vinyl on 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 my phone and earbuds, uh, um, but uh, when this album ended. The silence after the last song finished was unnerving. Yeah. That that I remember as well. <laughs> I remember like yeah, it was like it's like when yeah. you take a really I hate to say this when you take a really huge dump and then you like <laughs> your whole ass just like feels spacious and hollow and you you can't quite walk. That was so not where I was going to go with this. That's amazing, dude. But yes, you're like there was something really big inside me and now I've left part of my soul in the bowl right, and right. Uh, what what, uh, what I, I what was going to say it was like coming out of a dark room into sunlight. But you know, like, yeah, but that too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's when you like, leave a movie theater. Yeah. Right, right. Or, you know, deep, or solitary man. confinement yes, or whatever, yes, you know, like or a giant poignant constant constipated crap yeah right the 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 silence at the end of this was like if somebody had just dropped like a hundred like crash symbols on the floor in the middle of a bank vault and you'd be just like well the the album (laughs) is also kind of like a hot tub where at first you're like oh oh but eventually you get used to it right and then you don't realize you're in it anymore and and then then someone shuts it off and you're like whoa wow (laughs) yeah where'd it go yeah no that's a great way to put it i and i agree i think I don't know. For me, again, again, I actually did find this album relaxing. Like, I yeah. it, only because it's it's easy to get lost in it, and maybe part of that is because there's nothing you grab onto, so it allows the mind to freely wander. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, it, yeah, you play this in a sensory deprivation well, tank. You it's know, sort of the opposite <laughs> of yeah. Last week there was a uh, a big. Um, well, a storm of the century here in Denver, Colorado. Oh, with, yes. Uh, the hurricane bomb force, uh, yeah, the bomb <laughs> cyclone, <laughs> hurricane force winds and all that. And uh, um, But uh, anyway, I, I was without power for about two and a half days. Same. And, and uh, yeah, so there, you know, and one of the things that was quite remarkable was how quiet things were without that constant hum of yeah. things well, yeah. around you all the time. And, and, I, and, and you, just, you just tune them out. And so, so there's so much of our world... That even with our limited perceptions, you know, our limited senses, there's so much of our world that we just ignore. Yeah, and I think that's, like you were saying, is very New York. I mean, if you lived in New York in the 70s, you're going to hear a lot of noise in the background Around the all clock. the yeah. time. Right. So in, in a way, this is sort of a response to that or a reflection of that. I think it's, yeah. you know, part of the noise of he's just making you pay attention to it in that way i you know i i kind of um this this album has the, like kind of dadaist tendencies yeah like this could he could have just gone around and sampled a bunch of traffic noise or right sounds from a factory and you know played them backwards or something like that it, this is it's almost like found noise yeah yeah, yeah. a little bit in a, in a very organic way that is Oh, naturally yeah. random. Exactly. Well, and that was one of the albums this actually made me think of, and it's not necessarily that they sound super alike, but but in, in that way, right? It's um, this electronic group called Matmos, yeah. and so they have this album called "A Chance to Cut Is a Chance to Heal," and apparently, like a large portion of the samples on that were taken from the sounds of surgery. Like we're taking from actual recordings of medical procedures. Yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was like suction and cutting, and they put that over beats and manipulated the hell out of it. But the reason it popped into my mind was exactly what you said. Like a lot of this sounds like I'm going to find some weird, awful noise and then somehow make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, 
I mean, I think even people who really, really like this album, you can't just put it on casually. You have to sort of decide, I'm going to do metal machine music now. Right. You, this can't just come up and shuffle right. on your iPod. You have to say, yeah. I'm going to dedicate the, the, the headspace and the time. Yeah. No, it's like, it's to like do this. BDSM. Like, you, you get into the space. And you have to, like, <laughs> yeah, you yourself gotta, out you of gotta, the space. Everyone yeah. has to, you have to have you aftercare. Know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Clear right. the scent before you begin. Right. Yeah. And, you know. Not, I mean,. You know, play this on a, and a, a safe first word. date. She doesn't <laughs> right. run away. It's you know, she's a keeper. Right, right. So she's deaf. So do we have a uh, universal thumbs up as this is the gateway to Lou Reed's music? Oh, fuck oh wow. no! Yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not even sure this is the gateway to Western music. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if this is the gateway to hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if you it really like, like this, <laughs> you buy a couple copies because this is the only thing like it. Yeah. This it, does, it doesn't sync up with Hellraiser, though. It does, yeah. That's and the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, but it, like, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, I think you're right. Like, it's a great companion piece. Like, if you're into exploring noise stuff, like if you're just getting into, um, I don't know, stuff like. Nurse with Wound or like John Zorn or like even yeah. some of the like like speci- specifically like some of the weirder Mike Patton stuff like the second Mr. Bungle record you know like this is a great album to say like it, not again that it yeah. sounds like it but all these people probably listen to this because it was like Absolutely, one of the yeah. first that came anywhere close to this right and, and right. who would have the who would have the balls to do this I know that's a great yeah that's another the, great the art the visual art thing that this reminds me a lot is there's a Rauschenberg, Rauschenberg painting that is an erased de Kooning. Uh, he basically asked de Kooning if he could have one of his paintings and he was because with the intention that he was going to erase it and de Kooning Hang of course up. said yeah sure and so de Kooning gave him this thing that was like 50 layers of oil paint on top of crayon on top of you know marker on top <laughs> and he was just like Oh yeah, it took me like months to scrape this thing down to the the paper, but uh, you know, this reminds me a lot of that as as a as sort of a statement of, of uh, reduction. Yeah, like, uh, like a John Cage uh, and, piece. And deconstruction. Almost, uh, reading the description is more instructive than listening to the piece, but you have to actually listen to the piece to really get the import. I think, yeah, like, I think that goes to why it's so fucking long. Is it's just like. You know, you're either you either make it all the way through, or you're, or you don't of, get it. Kind of faking it. You didn't. You didn't really do it, and and you know. Yeah, and I'm sure <laughs> well, it, a lot sure. more people have said they've listened to it yeah. than have listened to it. And frankly, I don't blame you. Yeah. Tell your friends you listen to it. Well, and to me, like again, like like I said, I mean, I'm that faker with literally anything Velvet Underground. Like, yeah, like I've never made it more than like three songs through Velvet Underground. Like, and I just, I, I don't. Part of it's the recording, it's part of it's just not liking the music. Yeah. But this, I found more, I was like, yes, yeah. awesome. This is I, I can say I have, but they were on cassette, so you had to listen to them. But, yeah. <laughs> the thing that, that was often said about the Velvet Underground is they didn't sell very many records, but everybody who bought one started a band. And right. this weirdly continues that. I think the No Waivers, I think, you know, yeah, Mike Patton, Zorn, uh, uh, lots of uh, experimental and noise musicians you know, this is a, a seminal record for them, and I, I would say the same thing about this more than any other Lou Reed record, probably. Which is not not that many people bought this thing, but everybody who did probably, you know, started a band or or made some art that was directly influenced by this. Yeah, absolutely. Or returned their turntable to the shop, assuming it was broken. Or, yeah, or threw this motherfucker <laughs> out the window. <laughs> yeah, like I there, there was a lot of these floating around in the used record bins by late '75. Right. Maybe but, this was the thing that Skrillex found. <laughs> who knows? You know. Oh, I would love the the uh, the sample lawsuit about this. Oh yeah, yeah, right. That was my screech on there. There's a pretty good. Uh, there's a pretty good like who sampled it website, and I, I gotta go home and look on that to see if anybody sampled better between music extensively. Amazing. <laughs> Be interesting. Well, is there anything else we really need to dig into or discuss about this album? I mean. It's hard to talk about the the music directly. You can only sort of talk about it conceptually, but you know, I think we got a good feel for what this album right. does. So we don't right exactly. There's like, can we talk about the instrumentation? Can we talk about the arrangement? 
Can we talk about the writing? Can we talk about the uh, production? Um, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I mean, it fits the theme, right? Like, this is... Yeah, well... There's nothing like this. There's nothing this is, they did before this. is a this. detour and an outliner. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is out there. Lou is a trailblazer, man. He really... You know, whether he's innovating or appropriating, he's always kind of a couple steps ahead of, like, other shit that's going on. I mean, he's, and, uh, he's, he's enigmatic as well, man. too, because he also he also liked being a rock star. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. he, he wanted to keep recording. He did keep recording, in fact. You know, as much as this was a screw you to his record company, he, it wasn't like a screw you to being a rock star. I'm going to be a hermit in the hills with the Unabomber. This was just, right, right. I need to get this out of my system. And you all have to deal with it. Yeah. I do have to say as much shit as, uh, you know, I think it was RCA got for this. They did put this album out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much they promoted it, but they did press vinyl copies and ship it to the stores. So yeah. the, kudos you, to them. If right. you have terrible tinnitus, put this on and sleep tight. Right. <laughs> and that'll make you grateful for your tinnitus. And, and and <laughs> it's easy enough to find, too, which means, you know, unlike, unlike uh, uh, some things that yeah. we've listened to, this is... Um, Clearly, this is something that people look for. Yeah, yeah. this has been for sure. yeah, re-released, and it's on CD, it's on streaming services. You know, Much preceding this, there are a number of uh, modern class- classical uh, pieces that, that incorporate lots of extended technique or prepared instrument stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a pretty famous piece that's for like, I can't remember if it's a hundred or if it's a thousand metronomes. I think it's a few Enough. hundred. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a yes. lot. It's a building full of fucking metronomes, all started at the same time, and they just run until they run out. And it it's it, it treads upon very similar territory. So the the human compulsion to explore this sort of sonic stuff is not, you know. Kudos to Lou for making this one, but he's not the he's not the first not dude the to go either. after it and. Yeah. But there's a there's a strong drive for humans yeah. who are into yeah. music and sound to see what they can do, get into right. this sort of thing, and and so. Well, we were just listening to Pink last week, so. Yeah, exactly, and that was weird as hell. It was way weirder than this. <laughs> I know. We will listen to the the, <laughs> the, uh, the, you, fo- the folksy uh, side project one. With you the, and me, right. yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And then we listen to Fleetwood Mac's "Time." We're going to get to it eventually. Ooh, we promise. Yeah. We will get to time. <laughs> yes, Sometime. you know. Yeah, you're right. It could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's atonal and then there's boring and this is this is never boring this is not boring and no, as, as repetitive stretch. as it may be it is never boring yeah it, you know sure. annoying maybe but not boring so you know take your shit like i don't know half an hour 40 minutes before half an hour it yeah. won't kick in until after you're <laughs> right. like you know and yeah. then uh you know be stay cool yeah there you go <laughs> go with the flow right right yes yeah definitely definitely Take some X-Lax, and um, <laughs> that'll oh do it for this episode. Yeah, um, is there anything you want to plug, Mike? I think this is coming out April 16th, so if there's... April 16th? Um, yeah, again, uh, we don't sound anything like this, but if you... Who does? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, uh, again, I play uh, in a band called Fathers, and we're going to be... So if this is April 16th airing, uh, we'll be at S- Streets Denver on the fourth playing with, and I didn't even know this man was still touring, but an old thrash band uh, called Sacred Reich. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, like, fourteen-year-old me is like pumped. About this. Like, <laughs> well, that's something um, to be looking yeah, forward so we're to. We're opening for them, and then we're playing. Uh, uh, so that'll be May fourth, okay. uh, and then we're playing uh, the Electric Funeral Fest uh, in June. So definitely look for that. That's that's awesome. It's going to be, I think, a two or three day event, all oh, cool. all on South Broadway. Bands yeah. coming in from uh, all over the country, and so it's a variety of. A, a lot of it is you know doom, yeah, that type of thing. But there's going to be, like I said, we're, we're a hardcore and slash alt rock type of thing. Yeah, there's going to be a good amount of just solid rock, a good amount of punk, and some other stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, electrical fu- electric funeral fest will be at like. 
High Dive, Mutiny, and Three Kings, I think. Okay. Will be the three venues. So people so, can look that up online. Yeah, exactly. And so out yeah, so, so if people want to know more about the Fathers, uh, can they hit you up online? Yeah, so Fathers 303 Band um, is our Facebook and I think and our Instagram. And okay. our first record is on, uh, it's available through Death Wish Distribution. Uh, it's also on Spotify, Google, iTunes, Bandcamp, all that stuff. You can find it. Yeah, Fathers, exactly. Fathers 303. Yeah. And so. if, if you're listening to this in a timely fashion, Gert versus Goom is playing at Streets on the 18th with Hate Miner and For Your Health nice. from out of town, uh, Idaho. I think I don't know. That Probably is something. That sounds right. Town. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not here. Right. Not here. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that will wrap it up. This is uh, Scott Livingston, Matthew Marr, Logan Renard, Mike Rit- Monroe, and uh, we are available on like Spotify and uh, iTunes and all the other podcasting Stitcher. Hickey, so if you want to rate and review and subscribe, that you know makes rate, us feel review, subscribe. that makes us feel special in our special parts. We should have. Can we play that backwards under the, the metal machine in <laughs> <laughs> subliminal fashion? Yeah, I wonder if there is some subliminal stuff going on there. But yes, there's some serious. Uh, there's room for subliminal yeah. stuff. Uh, so yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yes. Anyway, we thank you for listening and uh, come back next week when we will try and figure out who this is. <laughs> <laughs>